0: welcome to The Post-COVID Church, What Now? The Mission, energizing Christians to engage the lost and hurting in your community. Here's your host, Stuart Kellogg, author
1: of The Post-COVID Church.
2: Thanks for listening in. It's been a while. More than a year ago, as I was writing and then promoting The Post-COVID Church book, I paused the podcast. You may even notice a little change to our title, The Post-COVID Church, What Now? like those scenes in the apocalyptic post-nuclear war movies when the survivors come stumbling out of the bomb shelters, dazed and confused to survey the wreckage. Uh, Well, wait, that's a little bit much. (laughs) But we belong to or are attending the post-COVID church now. So I thought, what now? It's a good tagline and a way to really focus on the challenges and most importantly, opportunities. You'll notice, too, most of the podcast now will be produced a little differently, more as stories than simply one-on-one interviews. A good example is this, our first What Now? version. I put together a diverse group of lay leaders, lay leaders who've battled through the pandemic shutdown and found that their churches are now stronger and and doing things they never imagined. Interesting, some things are basic, blocking and tackling methods that uh, many churches forgot to do. For example, David Guth is worshipped at Grace Church in Muhammad, Illinois, for 42 years, a project manager for a national consulting and engineering firm. He knows about flexibility.
3: You know, we've had to make some adjustments to be able to maintain contact uh, during all of the, the craziness that went on. Um, and uh, we're coming out the other side. I I think stronger, in some ways a little leaner. We've lost uh, some long time uh, members and, and attenders that just didn't return from the uh, from the time away uh, for one reason or another, but we've gained a whole new group of families that have come in. And uh, so it's been exciting, really.
2: Jeff Wolf is a longtime member, deacon and teacher at Mount Calvary Missionary Baptist Church in Jackson, Mississippi, a church with a lot of older members.
1: I, I think uh, in some ways uh, it ha- We were aided in our outreach um, ministry just by closeness and geography and things like that, uh, because we made a a big effort to make certain that we were still touching those faithful members, even though, and even to this date, uh, some of them are reluctant to come back to in-person service. This
2: separation is just one of the stress points Karen Patrick saw, not just as a lay leader at First Baptist in Sylacauga, Alabama, but also as a pastor's wife. A Barna survey two years into the pandemic showed that more than two out of five pastors, almost half, seriously considered quitting.
0: I don't know that people, the average lay leader, really comprehends how stressful this was for um, a ministry staff, um, because they were really having to make decisions based on very little information at first, Um, you know, try to think about how to keep the safety of our members foremost in mind and yet at the same time realizing that we are commanded to gather together Um, the church is not you know it's it's not a building but we certainly use the building as a place to gather and so it was you know there were just a thousand decisions that had to be made very quickly and so that I, i know just from being married to a pastor, you know, that was a very um, difficult thing um, because you just had that tension between um, wanting to uh, obey and gather together and tend to the spiritual needs of the congregation, and yet at the same time, um, try to take the physical needs into consideration. Um, I, I would say that, you know, that was the most stressful thing was just trying to keep those two things in balance meeting spiritual needs and you know taking care of the physical needs and concerns of people as well
2: the covid shutdowns forced churches to quickly pivot online in fact about nine out of ten large and small congregations reported that they were online during the pandemic Jeff Wolf and Jackson worked in TV sales and management for more than three decades and, in fact, helped the church build the electronic outreach.
1: Again, when you're dealing with seniors, uh, we were concerned about the digital divide and the access to some of our uh, online and outreach ministries. Uh, We have seen people embrace it. Uh, The faithful who have returned in some ways are now participating in more of the other ministries that maybe they wouldn't have because of work schedules or what have you during the week. And now that we offer these other uh, platforms that they can participate in, we are seeing some of of that happening.
2: Ironically, in the midst of the shutdown, even with online access, Jeff and Karen said some old-fashioned connections were very powerful.
1: But I I think that in a lot of ways, as far as our, our core Church membership, it made us uh, closer because what we did was to assign certain members uh, to other members to uh, check on their well being and their wherewithal and what have you. And so relationships were formed out of those, out of that necessity.
0: I mean, I think it strengthened many relationships within our church. Um, You know, as you had. As, as we knew that there were people who just would not be able to come back safely, we really made intentional efforts to reach out to those people and provide ways for them to be able to interact. Um, we, My husband was just sharing with me, in fact, yesterday I had forgotten about this, but we actually have one of our oldest members who teaches a Sunday school class who um, most of the people in her class may not be. Um, you know, computer literate or just, I mean, they're of that older generation. So she actually writes out her entire Sunday school lesson and mails it to each of her church members every week. And I just thought that was extraordinary for her to take the effort to do that.
2: Any successful organization fears complacency. Jeff Wolf said the pandemic provided an opportunity for Mount Calvary
1: to do something, well, kind of radical. Uh, It has given our staff, both the ministerial staff as well as the laity, an opportunity to kind of review some of the things that we've done. And quite frankly, we came up with answers that the reason we were doing certain things is because that's the the way we always did them. And so uh, being forced into change. Uh, has, has has caused us to, not without angst, of course, but has caused us to change in some ways. Uh, and there are some things uh, that we used to do that we choose, hopefully, not to return to. So we're cognizant. Uh, things like the, uh, obviously, with the um, digital media and what have you, there are time limits on certain things. So making our services more concise. I,
0: I'll just reiterate with what Jeff said about you know the changes that were made. I know it was easy to, um, you know, complain about some of the things that were going on <laughs> during the pandemic and 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 gripe about different things uh, and having to change and learn how to do things differently. But it it really, um, you know, that 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 painful process really did bring some positive. Uh, benefits and so I I would just say um, you know if we could just kind of focus on that look at you know because like Jeff said our church let go of some things and we embraced some things and the things we let go of were probably things we needed to let go of and the things that we embraced were things that have made it better and so um, so yeah I just think as we come out of it just just look at focus on the positive and how we've grown as a result of it.
2: For David Guth in Muhammad, Illinois, going back to basics is making a difference. Yeah, we we have
3: seen uh, Stuart uh, a very positive response among the new group of of uh, of families that have have uh, committed to be a part of our church family. Uh, A real appreciation for speaking the truth of the gospel, not not, uh, not watering it down or staying away from the controversial issues, but actually what does scripture say? And I think people have appreciated in this culture of shifting stand and, you know, some new thing every day coming out that, uh, that, you know, either someone's against or be crying or tearing down. And, uh, Anyway, it's been a very positive thing, and so we've we are we've got a lot of programs, uh, ministries within the church that are thriving.
2: Thankfully, those shutdown-forced isolations are over, but Karen Patrick's church in Sylacauga is addressing the what now by addressing the fallout from the shutdown.
0: I think the church has a huge opportunity right now, and we've been talking about this a lot in our uh, women's ministry. Um, and I think the church has a huge opportunity to reach out into the community right now um, because there is so much pain uh, that has come about because of the isolation that uh, people have experienced. I was um, communicating with a friend of mine who works very closely um, with some organizations out in the community. And she was telling me about you know, the number of uh, Uh, you know, addictions that have increased the amount of mental illness that, you know, how that has increased in the community. Um, Just, you know, deaths of despair, um, just because people have been so isolated and not had that community. So I think the church has an incredible opportunity right now to address some of those needs because we know, you know, the church is a community. We're a family of families. We offer the gospel and and can provide that hope that people truly need right now. And so I think if if the church, I, mean, I think this is the time for the church to shine and to really show people that we have what they're looking for, that, that the gospel is what they need. And um just to kind of help them to disconnect from some of those online communities where they've 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 found or they think they have found what they need right now and to re-engage with with real life people who have met a savior that can really give them hope. And so I think the church has a great a a great way to be able to minister right now and make disciples
2: making disciples often starts with meeting not just emotional but also physical needs jeff wolf has spent his life helping members of his community through his church through nonprofits, and other ministry organizations a recent disaster in jackson mississippi provided another opportunity
1: i know you all know jackson mississippi has been in the news for water problems and such but uh getting out there and putting our hands to the plow and distributing water and doing things of this nature has given us the opportunity to witness to some who have not normally, uh, been receptive to it, but they want what we're delivering. So you have a witness opportunity that goes along with that. It also has, um, giving us an opportunity to keep our youth and young adults a lot more connected as far as volunteership and things of that nature. Because honestly, if there's a big deficit on a Sunday morning at our church, it's that I'll say 15 to 25 year olds, we don't have once they're not coming with mom and dad or what have you, and they're making that decision on their own. We're we're not having them as engaged as we once did. Uh, So, We try to encourage them constantly. Come on out, participate in the food ministry, the clothing bank, these type of things. It also gives you an opportunity to witness to someone who, again, otherwise may not hear you. The other thing just purely by logistics, as opposed to uh, those recipients coming into our church where the pandemic has forced us to go out to their communities in their neighborhoods. And so instead of saying, hey, we have water over the church, come get it if you like. Now we're pulling the 18-wheeler up in the parking lot in their community and have an opportunity to touch where they live.
2: The need for the church has never been greater. Just look at the growing number of Americans rejecting faith. Now more than one out of four and also the astronomical growth in mental illness, especially among the young. The post-COVID church must get outside its walls, and David Guth says look at big changes in the culture as opportunities.
3: But I had a conversation with our pastor, our senior pastor, last week, uh, looking forward, and and, uh, one of the things our discipleship uh, has been, in, in many areas, has been doing really well, and I think there's a hunger for that. But uh, uh, he he wants to renew our focus uh, to reaching the lost. And so, you know, the idea of we, we've been doing a lot of come and see since things have reopened. And uh, we want to move more into the go and tell. And so uh, we really want to uh, renew our efforts to to reach out to the lost.
0: Also, our church is taking part in a. It's actually an association-wide initiative with other churches in our community to um, physically go to every door in the community and put information about, you know, the different churches have divided up the sections of town, and so the churches are working together to um, you know, so it's it's increased a sense of community even within the churches and a sense of cooperation. But to physically go to every door and put a copy of um, the Jesus film, who, you know, that's something that that you all may be familiar with, the most widely distributed film in history, I believe, um, put a copy of that as well as some information about individual churches, um, some gospel tracts, and just make sure that every door in the community has that. And we've already seen some fruit of that um, in our church body. We've had people visit as a result of receiving that information. So, you know, we've outreach has had to have been done a little bit more creatively, um, you know, outreach outside our church walls as well as within the church body, but um, I, I think it's, it's, it's better now than it was.
3: The idea of, of as, as a church, what we needed to do in a, in a post row world. And so I, I do think we are looking for ways to up our game in supporting, um, supporting women that find themselves in that situation, unwanted pregnancy or inconvenient pregnancy to provide support, not only during the pregnancy, but beyond that. And, uh. So we, we are looking for ways to, to be a have an impact in that in that realm and not just not just talk about what we think about abortion per se, but to be part of the solution.
2: In fact, on one of our upcoming podcasts, we'll be looking at what the church should do, besides just applauding, now that the Supreme Court has overturned Roe and moved the issue of abortion back to the States. I want to thank Karen Patrick, Jeff Wolf, and David Guth for joining me, sharing ideas on how the post-COVID church can be more engaged in these challenging times. The post-COVID church, what now? Our mission, energizing Christians to engage the lost and hurting in your community. I'm Stuart Kellogg. Thank you for listening. I'd love to hear from you. Just send me an email, Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T, Stuart at thepostcovidchurch.org. Thank you for listening, and I'd love it if you'd share this podcast.
0: Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Post-COVID Church, What Now?, with your host, Stuart Kellogg. For more information, visit thepostcovidchurch.com, and you're invited to join the Post-COVID Church Facebook group. Please share the Post-COVID Church podcast with your friends.